Hi, John. Who is it? Christmas time, Christmas time. Santa's going to spank you. It's Christmas time, Christmas time. Is that a traditional song of your people? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a Florida thing. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a North Florida thing. North Florida. Yeah, Spanky Santa. Uh, mm. Every year he comes uh, into your trailer and mm-hmm. steals all your natural light. Mm-hmm. I was a Spanky Santa for for a decade. Oh, that's right. And people yeah. would come sit on your lap and oh, talk and about what they wanted. and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kisses, hugs. There's a lot hugs. of lore around uh, the man in red. Oh, the man in red, they call him. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's in Central Florida, they call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's nice uh, to talk to yeah. you. You know, it's trying to snow here. Is it really? Yeah, I know you've been having an atmospheric river there. Uh, yeah, yep, 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 yep. It says here on, in the, uh, the the local fish wrapper, mm-hmm. says Uh-oh. we're going to have... <laughs> Did I mention I recently turned 55? Uh, We're going to be having eight days of rain, but no snow that I'm aware of. Mm. But you're all ready for that, right? It's all context, John. It's context. Yeah, we're uh, we're on tap for eight days of rain, too, but they keep saying every day it's going to snow. And what it is, it's very frustrating for the children Uh uh, Mm. because it does, at some point, snow... And then also rains. So the children look out the window and they go, it's snowing. And they Uh put their little suits on and they get their sleds and they run out and they stand in the rain waiting for the snow to, oh, it's, it's so close. It's one of these things where every fifth drop of rain is a big, huge snowflake right now. I see. So it's coming, first it comes down fluffy. Yeah. And then you get the stuff. Is that is that the rain that comes after? That's going to make. Uh, well, this doesn't affect children directly, but hazardous driving conditions, right? Oh yeah, but you know, Seattle. If you've ever listened to my podcast with my sister, Road Rage, mm-hmm. you will know that uh, Seattle drivers. Every condition is a hazardous condition for them. They don't appear oh. to have any. Uh, object permanence or memory of the past so that every everything that happens it's like the first time it's ever happened and no one knows how to handle it even when it rains yes there should be there should be a name for this i mean it's a well-documented thing i think everywhere we've talked about this it rains that somehow makes liberates oil from the road that's dangerous Mm -hmm. but it's not just that it's it's. It seems to there should be a name for this condition where like you should know that. Okay, here's the thing. I've lived here for twenty two years, and I'm still sometimes I still sometimes space on the basics about mm. living in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I know I, I really should be used to it. I think, for example, I sometimes forget if I'm, if I'm going to a part of town that's not where I live. You know, always the wear the layers, like they say, but it's going to be warmer almost right. everywhere else. Right. You forget that you go over the top of the hill, and it's a sunny day in San Francisco. Total in the real San Francisco. <laughs> the, one, the one that really, the one that really gets me though, and this is this is this is I should be so used to this. I've had three hundred and sixty-five times twenty-two, more than that, really. Hmm. And uh, and I'm I'm still it's still so weird to me that it gets cooler in the morning. You wake up, it's usually foggy-ish. Mm-hmm. And it, then it cools off, which is mm-hmm. weird. That's the opposite of Florida, big time. 
Right. In Florida, you start opening, if you don't have air conditioning, which I've lived in places that didn't have air conditioning, it sucked. Yeah. You got to open the windows. Like, you got to get up early and open the windows if you closed them. Get the fans running. You're going to have to start bringing that temperature down because by noon, it's brutal. But the crazy thing is, so it's cold in the morning. This is so goddamn boring. You know, the and coldest uh, summer I ever spent was a winter in San Francisco. That's what Winston Churchill said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, but then, then like around 4 o'clock, it gets sunny. And yeah. then it's, it's sunny for like an hour or two, yeah. and then the fog comes back in. And I know this is all, science explains all of this, yeah, but science. it still seems weird to me when I'm sitting at home. Maybe I've come home a little early, and I see the sun fixing to set, and it's beautiful outside. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. Isn't that nice? You know, here in Seattle, it's, um, it's a thing where you forget, you know, sometimes in the morning, it'll be raining, and then in the afternoon, it's raining, and then it rains all night, and then the next morning, it's also raining. And then the following afternoon, it's raining. Okay. And what so, about the, the next evening? Is well, then, it, does it dry so up? So then it continues to rain. And that's okay. that's very confusing to people when they wake up on the third day and they're like, and they discover it's raining. They're like, wow, it's raining. Yeah. Weird. weird. And then it's then that afternoon, it's raining. And even people who've lived here for, for years and years, 20, 30 years, still can't quite get their heads around the fact that then it's going to continue to rain. Sometimes until June. Okay. That's changed a lot recently mm. because of the global warming. See, I don't like to bring it up because it's it's easy enough for, for, you know, people on my side to constantly say everything's about climate change. But I'm here to tell you, buddy, it is not as foggy as it used to be in the summer here. Something's changed. Is that right? Mm -hmm. You know, every one of these silver linings is, did you read the latest thing? So, yeah, I know. Coffee's bad for you. Wine is no, good for no, you. No, 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 no. Don't even go there. Pinheads. Don't ever say. Out. Don't ever say that. Oh. Don't ever say that. Coffee. I'm is not bad afraid for to stand up to big science. Don't so, worry, Anderson Apple. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, for a long time, uh, wasn't reading the news at all, and it was really great. It was really great. There's absolutely zero in the news that pertains to any of our lives you know uh, I mean, one way i look at it and this is this is not a popular pov but mm. like based on what i learned today i will need to change what about how i think or what i do mm. so, which no. i realize is a, is a somewhat privileged position because no, you know what well but no no no, it's my own opinion oh, I see, but yeah. but i think you got to ask yourself is this to make me smart or is this to make me scared yes and yes. a lot of people would say being scared is smart. I'm not sure that's right. That might mean that's you not, watch too much TV news. That's not true. You know, I remember the first time I felt that Twitter made me a more informed person mm-hmm. and feeling like, oh, man, you know, I'm reading the news on Twitter now. And I'd, we'd already been on Twitter for years at that point. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. I that, know- that was the era of smart dick jokes. It, well, it was. But then... But then there was a t- there was a there was a moment where I knew about something from Twitter mm-hmm. way before anybody else did because of the news. Yeah. And I yep. and I said to somebody like, "Oh yeah, well, you know how that turned out." And they're like, "How would you possibly know that?" Mm-hmm. And I felt so in, so wise, so like you're like mainlining. I was so now because mm-hmm. I was like I found out about it on Twitter, and that was when you still had to explain what Twitter was, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I know. was reading the news on Twitter. 
But then, of course, it became this terrible, 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 terrible thing to read the news on Twitter. Just everything mm-hmm. became terrible. Everything is terrible. So I wasn't reading the news for like nine months. And then the damn Apple news. Oh, Have we God. talked about this? No, I deleted it from all my devices. Well, that's the thing. It, it's on your device automatically. So, you that's know, right. when I'm flipping around my phone and I always flip too far, you know how it is. You flip too far. You flip too far. Mm-hmm. And I, I flipped too far and there's the news. Oh, it's telling me the news. And I was like, for a long time, I was like, don't look at the news. Ugh. But then it sucks you in. Mm-hmm. Oh, the news. Oh, it's a news item that seems tailored for my, to my, uh, my needs, my wants. Then I was reading the news, but of course, Apple News is a is a it's a racket. They're trying to get you to subscribe, they give you all yeah. these little things. But like it also is like it. if you I don't want to look at it in an app. I want to look at it on a, on the site where it lives. Yeah, well, know? and then they charge you, and then there's all this rigmarole. Here come the eels. Mm-hmm. There was that. There was that. They, Apple News doesn't have it figured out because they're like, want to read this article on the Atlantic? Well, subscribe now. And I'm like. Close it out. Go over to. It's another one of those. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not just going to say Apple products. It's another one of those products where, like, they push something out, and then they really seem to have lost enthusiasm for yeah. making it good. Yeah, and now there's just some staff sitting there at one infinite loop whose job is to, like, rope people in to their Ponzi scheme. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's just as a side note, I think there's a lot of stuff like that where you're like, "Wow, I, I see why you did this. This could be a good idea." But and it's not just hardware; it's not software; it's all kinds of things where you're like, "Well, you never really put a lot of oomph into this." Something I said no to my oomph. lady friend. So go. No, no, there's no oomph. I was just agreeing with no you. No oomph. And then something I said to my lady friend last week, and this is one of those. There should be a name for this too. The kind of thing where you know, and you know better, and you know good, and you know smart. It's not about the knowing, it's about the doing differently. So, like, I know too much of any kind of social media or online grazing or flipping too far. I know none of that is good for me emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, just psychologically. But I, so I said, I said to my lady friend last week because nobody cares. But the way my week works is the first three days of the week, there's a lot of recording stuff and then doing stuff related. So that could be, mm-hmm. you know, putting out this show, you know, the nobody cares. But again, the, the amount of time that it takes behind the scenes to make all the pieces go together can take a lot. Mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday are tend to be days where I can work on different kinds of things. But, you know, because they're not, but they're not podcast recording days. And what I've noticed, I think, is that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I am much more likely to finish recording with you Say to my dingus, hey, play, you know, cable news. And I'll have it on in the background with the sound off. I don't know why I do this, but I do this. It keeps me occupied while I'm doing other things. I might be listening to music. Thursday and Friday, I've realized I very rare, I spend less time looking, I spend less time flipping too much. Oh, yeah. I spend, good. I spend less time looking at the news and stuff. And it's, it's still another, it's not, a, it's even more shocking than the Bay Area weather is that if I'm away from all of that flipping, let's just make that the term for all of these shitty all things the we do. Yeah. All the great flips. If I spend a few hours away from that, blissfully involved in writing or, you know. Are you building a, a popsicle stick Eiffel Tower? You keep maybe. dancing around it. You keep dancing around night, it like. Nice spoiled Christmas. <laughs> Sorry. This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com 
slash supertrain. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and to run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they have got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and to make your ideas a reality. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template, so beautiful. So many templates, so many beautifuls. Use drag-and-drop tools to make it your own. You can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale, anything. You just, it's just a, just a few clicks. You click, you drag, you drop, you do some stuff, and you got a website. It's crazy. I'll tell you what's nuts. All Squarespace websites are optimized for mobile. That means that your content, the things that you, your ideas, your big ideas, it's going to automatically adjust to look great on every device or dingus. Now, this used to be a real big pain. I'm going to be honest with you. Squarespace, you know what? Thank you for putting me out of business as a webmaster. I really appreciate it. You also get free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. There's nothing to patch or upgrade ever. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need their help. And they'll even let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. The uniqueness, that's guaranteed. That's a Squarespace promise. Plus, you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. And you can make whatever you want to make. You, uh, you make a website. You can, you can showcase uh, your work with, with incredible portfolio designs, honestly. That's some of my favorite stuff for the way that you can make your photos look so beautiful. Publish your next blog post. Promote your business. Announce an upcoming event. You know, if you will it, it is no dream. So right now you go to squarespace.com slash supertrain and get a free trial with no credit card required. Now, this is very important. When you're ready to launch, use our offer code supertrain. That's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a unique domain name. Squarespace.com slash supertrain. And when you decide to sign up, I'm going to say it again, use that offer code supertrain. I can't say it enough. We paradise in our wake. You get 10% off your first purchase. And it shows your support for us. So, you know, our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. All right, I'll start another one. Um, no, the um, no, no, what I said was, and this is very, very uninsightful, except this should be continued data that I apply, which is, they say, it is said that Americans are the, it was said a long time ago anyway, Americans are the only people who experience culture shock upon returning to the U.S. I don't know if that's true. Hmm. But but you're much more uh, you, to take away the Jerusalem effect and stuff like that. But you come back to America and you're like, whoa! And it's not just about healthcare. It's not just about traffic circles. All the things that other countries have taken care of. But you come back here and you're like, God, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. America is a lot. So many brands of canned corn. Yeah, so many yeah. Well, brands like John Doe corn. said in 1986, even back in 1986. Uh, what is it? Yeah, five kinds of Coke, 100 kinds of cigarettes. This freedom of choice in the USA is driving everybody crazy. <laughs> See how we are. But uh, when I'm away from that and then I dip back in, I flip, I go back and I flip. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, whoa, no wonder everybody's so fucking mad oh. all the time. Oh, yeah. Everybody's yeah. angry, John. Yeah. Well, they, they're, they're try- they claim, I mean, everybody says that the algorithms. Mm. Don't say it. Don't say their name out loud. Shh. It's like saying. It's like saying. Uh, candy man. It's like saying candy. Candy man. <laughs> candy man. Don't it's say like, candy it's man. Like candy. Don't say Bubba Duke. Don't say candy three times. Don't say Bubba Duke. No. Roger <laughs> Stone shows up. Um, uh, they're supposedly targeting these news feeds at me directly based on what I Google, but what they show me is 
A uh, mother in Arkansas drowns two babies, and All right. whole family dies see in the house bouncy fire. castle in Australia. Did you see that? The which castle? The bouncy castle in Australia. Oh no, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about you two super children dying. Don't want to hear about? No, you no, super don't want to hear about. No. Thirty feet in the air. Thirty feet in the air. No, 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 no. Yeah. But what I did, so I'm, so I got addicted to the news again because of this Apple thing, and then I realized, as you, as you uh, foreshadowed. You can actually delete it off your device. And I felt so, so like, ah, boo, yeah, look at you, Apple. I deleted your own thing off of this. I wish mm-hmm. I could do it more. I but wish you feel I could... you got away with something. Yeah, exactly. There were so many things that you put on this phone that I wish I could delete and can't, but I can delete news. If you've got the problem, it's... here's the problem, just to be clear about this. You can also, I believe, you can also delete their terrible, terrible podcast app. Oh. If you're somebody like me who likes podcasts, you could use uh, different ones, like my friend Marco's app, Overcast, which I recommend. Overcast, yes. Um, but if you have, say, let's just stick to news. If you have Apple News on your device and you open a link from an Apple News link that somebody sends or whatever, it opens it in Apple News. If you don't have it on your device, it has nothing to open. Oh, wow. It's a truly, it's a defensive approach to this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you got to go, go on the defense. Yeah, the but anyway, go, go, but go ahead. So you, you've gone back and oh. forth with this uh, Well, this so then, so it's late at night, you know? It's always late at night with me. And it's middle of the night, and you get to, and I've deleted That's when so your demon dogs come, is that right? Well, they do, well a lot of things come in the night. Oh, and I'm and I'm looking at the phone, and uh, and I don't want to be, but I've and I've and I've done the thing where I where I've tried to, I've tried to take all the cigarettes out of the house. There's no booze anywhere. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, but there is that bottle of vermouth or what? You know, the, there's the oh, I forgot that I had that I had that vodka for cooking. I mean, <laughs> you know, like like a friend of mine and I. Uh, one time we're so desperate for booze that we were like, can you get drunk on vinegar? Like it is oh, no. wine. I mean, that made us very sick. But yeah. um, but so I went on my phone a couple of weeks ago and just, it was like my hands were moving on their own and they just mm-hmm. typed news into the search bar on the web application mm-hmm. on the Safari and it pulled up Google News. Yeah, which is again, very tuned to you tuned mm-hmm. and google news of course based on all of the searching i do around uh the ottoman empire and you know like mm. like top 20 best uh bismarck quotes uh <laughs> google news took that to me you that get I, a lot of a lot of turkey and yeah. germany related links. no what it what it gave me was mother in arkansas drowns two children oh, uh, bouncy castle you know that's all yeah, they know i get it that's well, all they, they also just try like I, i'm this is going to be a theme for me it is a theme for me is like a lot of i got i get so fucking mad even at the news that i pay for especially the new york times where it it does drive me crazy that they I really feel like whether they realize it or not, they want to keep us scared and off balance. Not, you know, not terri- not so terrified that you don't, you know, look at the news, but like so annoyed, aggravated, frustrated that they start to feel like the only source of the information 
that either makes you feel alive or makes you feel dead. Mm. And But their job, even if it's unintentional, is to keep us always on edge. Mm. I mean, I, they, they say, what is all the news that's fit to print? I think the model of the New York Times should be not so fast. <laughs> because as soon as you think you understand something, there's a turns out about what you didn't understand. So you can't ever, you, you live in perpetual future. You can't have joy in the moment. And you're just constantly thinking about, in order to be smart, I have to figure out what to be more scared about today. Mm, dread, 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 dread. Even, even tornadoes. Stuff. Ooh, I know, I know. No, I, I don't want to hear about dead kids. And the thing, the reason I subscribe <sighs> to The New Yorker and The Atlantic is that it is news, but uh -huh. it's long form. Somebody's thought Gia about Tolentino. it. She's a delight. You know, Helen Rosner, delight. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You, you you get you get a bigger picture. It takes you longer to read, but it's so hard at night when the demon dogs come. You've been yeah. sorting rock posters all day. You get them all <laughs> sorted, and at the end of the day, you've got a bunch of sorted rock posters, and you're like, now I sorted them. Now what? And they all have to go back into a flat file somewhere because uh -huh. there wasn't a reason. You did it. It feels good that you sorted them all, but then there's not. It's not like there was an audience waiting. It's not like you're. It's not like the Blues Brothers are standing outside the Cook County Register waiting for you to get done eating lunch, and then you're gonna you're gonna open the window that says open, right. and you're gonna hand out all these sorted rock posters. You got your own Steven Spielberg story. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, no, I was just I, you know what I was just having a sandwich. But so I'm looking at the news in the middle of the night, and the news is tailored to me, uh -huh. and so I'm going through all these house fires where all these children died, and all these yeah. the Trump, Trump, G, Trump, 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 and I come up on a news item. And I don't know how this news item snuck in there, because it had it, there were no dead babies, there were there was no disaster. Here's the news item. Oh, could, it could be the ALGO rhythm. Um, mm -hmm. You're slave to the ALGO rhythm. That it, but, but oh, come on, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and, but but like it's also the if if it's AI ish, machine learning ish, it's also probably trying stuff out to see what mm. happens. You know what I'm saying? And it got me. Oh shit! What was it? A farmer somewhere who also happened to be a marine biologist Ooh. or or something this article is very confusing and very garbled and it felt like i had to check a couple of times is this an infomercial is this one of those oh, oh, things oh, that I know looks like mean. an article but it's really a it's like i, I stopped I going, what an ad, and we used to call it an advertorial an advertorial is it one of these uh -huh. like i've stopped clicking oh on from from big link. farm Big farm. Or something. Yeah. Any link to a BuzzFeed article, because I cannot <sighs> stand BuzzFeed, because the the, the, the thing that loops, loops me in, oh, they just know exactly what I want to see. You know, yeah. like, top 10 celebrity moments where Jimmy Page uh, made them get their period early. And I'm okay. like, I'll read that article. <laughs> and then refuse to pay a bill. And then I go read it, and it's just like, this sucks. It's, I, it's, I feel dirty being. No, exactly, exactly. Like, you, they, they, they got you. It's like when, you're, when you go to a, a big city. When I was younger, I'd first go to, like, you know, went to Manhattan or whatever. And I'd realize, oh, I see. Everything here is a jam up. It's a jam up. You know what and I mean? Like, like you're, the reason yeah. you're talking to me is not because I'm an interesting college student from Florida. You're talking to me because you, you want some money or similar. There's, you're going to there, a job interview and your kid's in the car and you just need some gas money. There's a, there's a weird thing now, and the algorithm does know this about me, because there's this weird uh, a kind of article. It's a new kind of article. It's not one of those ones where you have to click through to see each page of Demi Moore 
Like mm-hmm. each, oh, you want to see another picture of Demi Moore in high school? Like, got to click through to the next one. Oh, here's oh, a, even, a gallery or a carousel. Yeah, oh, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. No, the new one is, uh, the headline says, Tom Petty says George Harrison was his best friend. And I'm like, oh, I want to read about Tom Petty and George Harrison's friendship. Yeah. And so you click on it. And you read the first little bit of the article and it's like, oh, that's, that's so sweet. And then, and then you scroll down and the article keeps going. And then pretty soon it's not talking about Tom Petty anymore. It's talking about George oh, Harrison. You and clicked Ringo. on the thing to go to a thing, but there's a big long page that never ends now. Right? Never ends. And, and the articles feel like they're written by a, either an AI or mm-hmm. someone that doesn't have English as their first language, but they're very fluent. But it just doesn't quite read like right. human. Hum- and extreme hum- example is when you go to. I'm always looking. Um, I'm always looking up what else somebody was in. Yeah, as you know. Huh? Oh, I know. I, you I know love your that. daughter's mother does that as well. Oh, I'm oh also, she was the one that was in the one with the one with the girl that was in the one. Exactly. <laughs> but that will all yes, which I do. That's basically yeah, no. my evening when you're <laughs> you're sorting rock posters and I'm finding out uh, what else this actress was in. And then mm-hmm. of course I'm always googling for people's heights and I'm wondering who's who's taller than somebody else. So mm-hmm. like who's taller? Like cousin Greg from uh Succession or uh or Jared from Silicon Valley. And oh. and it's it's cousin Greg. But okay. but but you end up on you ever land on one of those sites and it's like height, feet. Uh, net worth divorce, yep. and yep. you're like the actress. Uh, let's think of somebody here. The uh, I can't think of an actress. Uh, Elizabeth Kate Taylor. McKinnon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. McKinnon. Well, that's not it. But uh, Elizabeth Taylor was married bad, bad, with her f- shoe sizes. That kind of thing, where <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it does yeah. really feel like a like a form letter. Yeah. But these are these are these read like articles, like and and it feels like they're being Some, like, like somebody wrote it, like somebody got paid like somebody to write it. it. Yes. And, and, and that and what it feels like is. Something is uh, something is combing the internet for any reference of George Harrison, taking all that text and then putting it all in the same kind of written, uh, like like it almost feels like a computer is plagiarizing a hundred articles because this article keeps going and pretty soon it's talking about George Harrison and Patty Boyd and pretty soon it's talking about. Patty Boyd's relationship to Eric Clapton and then it's talking about Eric Clapton's Uh recording of Layla. And you're like, this is all one article. It never, there was never even a, and, and, and I find myself feeling like manipulated in a way where I, I, like I, this would just lead me right to joining a cult or, or something, you know, I have to like snap out of it. What am I doing? I was right. 20 minutes reading about I mean, stuff. It also helps you better understand stuff like the what they. I, I've had pretty good luck, knock on wood, at, on YouTube, where my recommendations rarely get too upsetting. But you hear the thing about how, like, on diff, different ALGO rhythms will take you to a slightly more extreme version. I think I told you the only time that I ever really noticed this was I finally Google or did a YouTube search for Russian dashboard cams. Oh. And it, I was about three videos away from like top seven motorcycle deaths. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, but, for but sure. What you're describing, I, I got to find this because I think about it constantly. I want to say peanuts. I think it was a peanuts, but for the sake of argument, let's say I think it was Peppermint Patty, like had studied for the wrong test. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, just for the sake of argument, Pat, Peppermint Patty studied for the Moby Dick test on the day of the Absalom Absalom test or whatever. Yeah, and and so the essay begins, you know, 
Absalom Absalom, which is not to be confused with Moby Dick by Herman Melville. And Pat, Herman Patty has to write this whole essay. Like, and you're like, well, uh, that's what those articles feel like to me. Like you say, like we find some instance. Oh, you know what's resurfacing? That that video of, uh, of Prince throwing his guitar in the air and kind of ruining yep. the show for everybody. Yep, there it is. There yep. it is. I saw that the other day at Pop. We should talk about that. My feelings about that have changed very much oh, over the oh, years. Oh, very interesting. Okay, good. We, I, I wrote it, I'll write it down. Prince let's, video. Let's pivot to that. But I, uh, I, uh, the problem with my YouTube, I think I have YouTube set up wrong or something because no matter what I watch, within three videos, it will be directing me to Milton Berle on the Carol Burnett Show. Like, Interesting. It thinks what I want to watch is Dean Martin Celebrity Roasts. Okay. And and uh, listen, I have watched yeah. a lot of Johnny Carson and Dick Cavett shows from the early 70s. Yes. Any I, time, every six months, I watch every appearance by Don Rickles. Every time Don Rickles ashes his cigarette into uh, Burr Reynolds' coffee cup or whatever, I <laughs> am going to die. And Dom DeLuise thinks it's really funny. And I'm going to, and Dom DeLuise falls on the floor, uh, you know, and I can't get no respect. <laughs> I I watch it all, but mm -hmm. the, but, but, but YouTube thinks that that's all that I am. And I go on and I'm like, no, 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 that's not true. I, you know, I would like to, I would like to also watch somebody unwrap some, uh, Disney presents or whatever, or, 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 or you know, like, you should get into knife videos. Don't put me into a box. Yeah. Oh okay. no. The other thing that we watch, my daughter and I will watch, I showed her how a, a lathe works at one point. Oh, I love it. And she really got into lathe videos and smelting videos. Have you tried lockpicking lawyer? No, but I will go there immediately. Because that um, seems right up my alley. He's a lockpicking lock lawyer. Board. All his videos start like this. And he's a guy who picks locks. And he's really, really good at picking locks. And he tells you what's what's good or mostly terrible about a lock. And it's like the that. perfect YouTube. I mean, okay, there's the Japanese guy with, with uh, a dollhouse who makes tiny food and then doesn't eat it. Those That's mm. perfect for YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, the, the people who groom elderly and tiny dogs, perfect for YouTube. Mm. The guy who washes carpets and then break dances. Um, he's amazing, but like, I feel like lockpicking lawyer and they're, they're really short mostly. And sometimes he goes out and shoots guns with a uh, Bosnia bill. But anyway, you should check out lockpicking lawyer. I will. Like I will. I will. I'm just frustrated that the lathe, you bring in a lathe and then they take you back to Milton Berle. Uh, they, they just, they think so. They think I am such a narrow, narrowly focused person because, huh? And, maybe and they honestly, have, do you think maybe they haven't developed enough of a profile about you? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I think that every time I watch. Richard Burton describe his process to, to Dick Cavett, it resets me all the way to the back. I don't and, know if you know this, but Dick Cavett was friends with Groucho Marx. I don't know if you ever mentioned oh, that, if you ever heard that. Right. He mentioned it like twice, <laughs> maybe once. Uh, Groucho I, I wrote him a letter and said, did you ever knew, notice that um, uh, Peter O'Toole has uh, two phallic names? Who said that? Oh, that was Groucho Marx in a letter oh, to nice. uh, Dick, oh, Dick Cavett, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I I was I was thinking about this the other day because I was fortunate enough one day to be uh, sitting in a room with uh, Dick Cavett uh -huh. and Mel Brooks and um, is this is this in your seven high sided lighthouse made of dreams? No, this was in this is it, this is real. This really happened. Oh, and uh, you're in a room with Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. That and, guy's great. Uh, the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm, the the uh, the dark haired comedian that's really anxious and fretful, Richard uh, Lewis. Richard Lewis. So it's it's Cavett wow. and Richard Lewis and Mel Brooks and like me a like a panel. 
No, no, no. We're 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 sitting in a in a room <gasps> at the Chateau Marmont, and oh Hodgman Hodgman's there, and I think Jack Black maybe is there. Whoa! I bet he's fun. And Richard Lewis says, "I brought something for you to Cabot," and he pulls out. Um, he pulls out Groucho Marx's day planner. <laughs> Okay, is that real? Yeah, and you he know he's obsessed with Groucho Marx, and he's like, "Look at this! It's Groucho's day planner from 1956 or something." Huh. And the three of them, <laughs> Brooks, <his> prime years, <laughs> Brooks, and 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 uh, and Cavett, and uh, they they sit, and I'm looking over. You know, I'm standing, I'm looking over their shoulder at the day planner, and the and the three of them go go over this day planner. And Cavett's just narrating it like, oh, well, this was the day that he, you know, he knew Groucho. He knew him by the hour, right? Like, oh, well, this, you know, later on this day, he went to see uh, Lucille Ball or whatever. And wow. uh, and just the fascination that these legends had with Groucho. Yes. And of course, Cavett can't go an hour without me- mentioning Groucho, but that Belzer knew this, not Belzer, Richard Belzer. What am yeah, I saying? No, I know what he mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, he knew he's it still, enough. He's still on. Uh, I think he's got something going on health-wise, but he's, yeah. uh, he, he was on Curb like a week or two ago. Yeah, he's I love lovely. that guy. I thought he was so good. I used to love when he was on Letterman. Oh, my God. All of them were lovely, lovely people. Although at one point, Mel Brooks did turn and look at me and say, Literally, he didn't say, who are you again? But he said, what is it you do here? <laughs> You're so goddamn lucky. <laughs> I was like, oh my you God. know, you know what? It's a good question, sir. It's a good question, sir. Um, there's, nothing, no, there's nothing you can say to me. What, could, what, what is it I Mel do here? <clears throat> well, I'm not a waiter, mm-hmm. but I'm also, you know, but I'm not the star. I might as well be a waiter. <laughs> but you wouldn't have heard of my work. No, it's not. Believe me. No offense. Uh-huh. None taken. No, this article, Merlin. That, oh shit! That okay. came. So I'm. I'm. I've been scrolling. Okay. I've been doom scrolling. I've gone through Ooh. all of the times that all of the articles about the Supreme Court is going to this and the and the the January sixth committee is going to that and the Omicron. Well, we is got, we got do him this time. We got him this time. And it's all going scrolling, scrolling, just like oh, and the, this mother drowned her babies, and oh boy, you know. Bitcoin, I'm scrolling, scrolling, just get me out of here. And I come to this article and it says, and I, <clears throat> I don't know whether this article is written by a, written by a, 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 a algae rhythms, uh-huh. what, but it says a farmer who apparently is also a marine biologist or something, it's unclear, discovered <clears throat> that if you feed a certain kind of seaweed to cows, uh-huh. A, the cows love it, and B, the seaweed, something in the seaweed, neutralizes the methane in a cow's gut. Thereby helping cut one of the single largest sources of greenhouse gas in the U.S. So this article says... Is that the we, idea? That's that is the idea. And oh, the they, marine biology is important because seaweed. Seaweed. Uh-huh, they say uh-huh. a particular kind of seaweed, which is very common in the ocean, 
if they could, and the thing is, they the cows don't have to only eat the seaweed. Mm-hmm. They just it's like taking a taking a well. I'm not a big vitamin fan, but it's like or like a, it's a prophylactic. We're going to mix some of the seaweed into whatever cows eat, yeah. and then they're gonna they're gonna fart less, they, or, they, or their farts will be less impactful. They put the seaweed in the cow chow. They put the seaweed in the cow chow. They shake it all around. That's right, and apparently, mm-hmm. the seaweed in the cow chow makes the cows <laughs> eat less. Oh, it makes them eat less and exercise. Basically. Wait, so you're saving now? You're saving dough on on food too. So here's why it's going. Here's why it's the an appetite. Are it's, a, do it. it's a it's a a, a a cattle appetite suppressant. Yeah. So why okay. you know why do you get an electric car? Well, you don't want hmm. to, but but turns out it's cheaper. Why do you give your cow uh, red seaweed because it Got makes it. it eat less? Brings down the cost and, of ownership. Yes. That's exactly right. And then, according to this article. If we successfully put seaweed in all the cow chow around the world, it would it would take more methane out of the atmosphere every year than if uh, every yeah. automobile in America turned off its engine. That's not big stopped. farm, that's big seaweed. Big weed. Big seaweed. And then the article goes on to say, <clears throat> now, this is not going to be easy for us to do because how are you going to collect that much seaweed out of the world? But hmm. then the article goes on to say that this kind of seaweed is very easy to grow in an aquaculture uh, kind of system. And it grows super fast so you can harvest a, a new crop of seaweed. It's like wheatgrass juice. You harvest a new crop of seaweed every two weeks or something. Okay. And I'm reading this article and I'm like, where did this article come from? Right. This is this feels to me like that, uh, like that, that science plant that somebody built that was going to take all the 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 offal from slaughterhouses and right. convert it into platinum and cooking oil, and I got so excited about. It. I read it about it in science in, in Discover hey, listen, magazine. Listen, listen, don't call it alchemy. <laughs> no, no, it's I, extremely. It's was slathered with science sauce. I read this article a decade ago. I probably oh, no. In fact, I did. I did an episode of Omnibus on it. This this processing plant that someone developed. Where you can put any garbage in it, it's super train in a nutshell. Yeah, I know. I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be too on the nose, but they've clearly stolen your IP. And now I got this seaweed. I got this cow chow idea. Uh-huh. And yesterday, it wasn't in my head. And now today, and the thing is, I don't even know if I went on uh, online and I said feed seaweed to cows. I don't know what I would get. I'd probably get shisa porn. Oh dear! Oh no! Don't the, say that but it's living rent free in your head now, John. It's it's a, it was a, it's a, in a, a meme more in the Dawkins sense. It's a sticky idea now. Yeah, you know, well, like, I, like um like like me having a, a lucky one by Michael Penn in my head, which I don't mind. Oh, that's but nice. That's such a good song. He's the luckiest in Luckydom. He is you know? very lucky. Oh, he's so good. But um, I, oh, John, now well, now are you are you chewing on that? Well, so what I, I so I really like it, and I like it for. <clears throat> for a lot of reasons, and uh, I mean, the number one reason would be if it's true. Mm-hmm. But I, it also comports with, you know, my like <clears throat> general kind of attitude about the news, including like themes, like like themes in the news that sometimes are five years long or decades long or a decade long, right? Like, I the, mean, would you would you count stuff like coffee is good or bad for you, wine is good, or, like the ongoing story of carbs and 
that kind of thing or yeah, or absolutely. or just like energy solutions like wh- where do you put it like po- give me an, another example if you, if you could think of an older one like what's the pr- provenance of an idea like this there's a kind of idea that's that is in the that that is kind of like the it undergirds the news in a way <clears throat> where there is a problem that uh, is a doomsday problem and it cannot be solved uh-huh. and the doomsday problem and then you remember this i we've talked about it before the doomsday mm-hmm. problems that we've population seen, bomb like in the early 70s that's where there's right. too many people and not enough food and and there when we're we're very quickly going to arrive at the place where there are just too many people to feed Right, and then there was or famine, like peak, right? peak oil. Like we've gotten oil. The, the the my understanding of peak oil is the idea that more than fifty percent. We've gotten to the point where fifty percent of the easily, mostly easily gettable oil has been gotten, which now is going to make it less costly. Greenhouse gases, these kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? Green. Oh well, and think about the ozone hole. I mean, that ozone hole. The hairspray. I remember that in the eighties. Yeah, down in the down in the South Pole, and it was just going to come up, and then there, the sun was going to cook us all. Or and the and the smaller versions of it, the killer bees, the killer wasps, the killer turtles. Oh, sure. Um, that you know, once these killer bees arrive here, none of us are going to be able to leave our homes, and they're just going to it's there. It's all some kind of murder. Child predators? Does that count? Yeah, there's a ver- right. Okay, so in the eighties, right there was the the there were. The, uh, the repressed cult, memory phase, right? Yes, there's a satanic cults, but in the 70s, you know, there was all needles and oh, razor blades right. in the and, and Halloween candy. Yeah, but the you know the bigger the top level ones are the ones where the world is coming to an end, right? Species ending shit. And the big one, of course, in our childhood was nuclear war. How are we going to avoid it? It's impossible to avoid. It's a matter of time. But every one of these, it always feels like a matter of time. Yeah. And for the last five years. I mean, for the last 50 years, it's been global warming in, in various forms, right? Climate change, yes. uh, nature, uh, you know, we've done it. We've screwed it up. It's, it's over forever. You know, we've, we've, it's, it, um, we've, we've passed whatever the threshold is. Yeah, every now, time there's a new report that says, like, this is our last chance, it's yeah. like, yeah. And then we speak. But no, I'm not saying it's not our last chance. I'm saying our real last chance was probably the early 80s. <laughs> But right now we're living in a time where, you know, climate change is the one thing that everybody on, on, on one side of the political spectrum, we all just, we say it reflexively, you know, it's just like climate change. And every, every day you look out the window and there it is, climate change. It was, it was snowing a minute ago and now it's not. The climate has changed. And I'm not, not, I'm, and believe me. No, I understand. As you compose your emails to me, I am not mocking the notion of climate change on the, on the contrary. But I also have felt like so I've seen so many of these things come and go where this no one ever foresaw the solution, even the five year or 10 year solution. What happens? Because it's to the- based on it's based on your previous experience and ideas alongside not really understanding this is this was people say this is what happened with the whole population bomb idea was that it wasn't that they were stupid or saying the sky is falling based on you know following that path of that line and knowing what we know in the past but it can't account for what'll happen next right all the things like you know there's all kinds of things where that might it could be the way that china dealt with you know the number of kids that are allowed to be around or the way that we would develop new 
uh, uh, efficiencies in making, yeah, exactly, in making food. And like, it wasn't for a couple years, you'll remember, it wasn't for a few years that, at least I learned that the starvation in Africa thing, thing, <laughs> and, and, you know, the basically the feed the world, you know, uh, mm-hmm. live aid thing. Well, problem number one we learned was that it's mainly a problem of getting the food there because B, the other problem is all the warlords that are stealing the food. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that these people were dumb because they lived in a desert and didn't know how, didn't know what beans were. Right. It was, it was a logistical or will problem, which is a very different kind of thing to solve. Yeah, right. The, uh, the, this Eritrean warlord and that Eritrean yes. warlord. Right. But for me, cow chow, seaweed-based cow chow, yeah. is a thing that that two days ago didn't exist in my mind. Maybe two days ago didn't exist in anybody's mind except the the five guys that were that were feeding seaweed to cows. Yes. Oh, that's uh, Phil Wandisher is calling, which is very strange. Um. And now, at least, at least in my mind, and now that we're talking about it, mm-hmm. in the minds of our tens and tens of thousands of followers, the idea that maybe rather than switching all to Teslas, maybe the, this whole business of like, how are we ever going to stop burning gas? Maybe all of a sudden, we just are feeding seaweed to cows and like, talk about a game changer. It's a, it's a, it becomes a sort of, it's so attractive, and I, I'm not trying to diminish, but in nope. the same way that when right. cold fusion first became the buzz in the late 80s, um, it, it becomes a skeleton key because a solution that is disruptive in allowing, this is, it sounds mean, I don't mean it this way, but like, no. you go like, oh, how do we keep living mostly the way we're living, except something comes along that makes that sustainable, Yes. And it's the, the I, th- I feel like the problem in so many of these things becomes, well, you know, we have more options if we're willing to change more things, but mm. wanting, you know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, like in a relationship and I, I've been guilty of this this week is like when you say to somebody, how are you doing? Are you, are you, uh, is everything okay? What, what you really are saying, or I'm really saying sometimes is, could you please act happier? <laughs> Which is not really helpful for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. like, could you please let me know that I'm not in trouble and you agree to be le- more happy? Well, okay, but, like, for me to be more happy, conditions would have to change, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, if if your answer to, you know, climate change is, well, I still buy a car, but it's less polluting, it's like, well, I'm, I, I don't have an answer to all of this. Yep. And it's yep. something I wrote down 10 minutes ago. I mean, well, we often say, like, oh, gosh, why are some of these problems so difficult? Why can't we solve these difficult problems? And Well, it's because a difficult problem exists because all the easy problems were solved. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds it's, – it's a little bit – turns out a little bit obvious, but, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, are you, what are you willing to move around in order in – order or like, I was watching Aliens, one of the great movies. Sure. Al- Alien 2. Aliens and, you know, with that, the S. You know what that's about? It's, a, it's about Gaia bombing. Oh, that's right. Gaia bombing. They end up on that planet because they sent – there's a crew down there that Gaia bombs. Yeah, right. They're basically so, terraforming. Yeah, they're colonialists. That's co- that's correct. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I, I cut you off. But there, 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 is that is that so? You're thinking couch. You got cow chow on your mind. I found an article here from uh, CBS News. One farmer's seaweed discovery could help slow methane emissions and change the world. Oh, see, change the world. It's right there in the title. And it's from uh, two days ago. So it's probably from this. It's probably that. The, 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 not this article necessarily, but this is the story, right? No, that might be the article. Right. Okay. So I sent the article. <clears throat> so my cousin Libby. Libby Roderick, 
the uh, the globally famous Alaskan folk singer Libby uh-huh. Roderick. Yes, um, she is an eco warrior. She was on. Uh, she was on. Uh, what was she on? Was she on Merge or was it uh, Drag City? Oh no, uh, no. She had her own label that was, I think, called like Thinking Like a Mountain Records or something. I like that. Uh, and she has. Uh, she she was a very very popular niche folk artist. Uh, they they sang one of her songs at the uh, the first United Women's Conference in China in Beijing. No kidding. In the 80s. And when the Mars rover stopped, this is maybe apocryphal, but this is the story. When the Mars rover stopped working at one point many years ago, yeah, um, and they couldn't get it to respond, and then they were you know NASA was try- trying everything they could. Somebody at NASA <clears throat> sent one of my cousin Libby's songs to the Mars Rover. Oh my And the God. song did, was did like, cheer it up? the song was like, get up and do it. Or, you know, you can, you can, you can do it or something. They, I, they I uploaded I that to the Mars Rover. They uploaded it to the Mars Rover and the Mars Rover started moving again. That's true. Does everybody there live in the shadow of Jewel? Um, no, my cousin. Wasn't con- Jewel a, a, an Alaskan folk she singer? Is. She is, but she was, a. She was anomalous, you know, like Alaska has its own sure. culture and yeah. Jewel went down to the big city and everybody's very proud of her. Um, but she oh, was in speak- a car for a while, if memory serves. Speaking of which, the new Miss America is from Alaska <gasps> and it's first, first Miss America from Alaska. Oh, that's wonderful. And I went, I saw it. It was, I was scrolling through the news. I was like, cows uh-huh. eating seaweed yes. and, and, uh, and bouncy castles. And then it was like new Miss America from Alaska. And I was like, you're just targeting this at me. What's her, do you know what her talent is? Uh, well, she's these days, I think you're, ta- you have to be kind of smart. Hmm. Her, she works with special Olympics. Oh, that's awesome. But I read her name. Mm-hmm. Her last name is Broyles. B R O Y S, and I was like Broyles, hmm. Broyles, hmm. and it's the thing you know. When like people, somebody describing the Super Pan. <laughs> when Broyles and Brambles, when people say you know it's no mm-hmm. ordinary pan, when people say, uh, "Oh, you're from Alaska," do you know my friend Jim? It's always a good for a laugh because it's like sure, ha, ha, ha. it's a pretty big state. Half the time I do, but in this case, <laughs> there's I only actually, like three cities, right? I actually said, how many broilses can there be in Alaska? And I... One, two, three. (laughs) Three. I went searching through her, uh, you know, her, like, uh, this article. And I was like, okay. And I I was looking for pictures, you know. And there it is. She's the daughter of a really good friend of mine from high school. Oh, that's wonderful. High school buddy, Ron Broyles. His daughter is Miss America for this year. And Good she for seems, them. She seems wonderful. And I know. And Ron was like a, he was a fit guy. He was like a, like, you know, he lifted weights and was in, in good shape. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like, um, I think he was like a, a he, he got into bodybuilding and was in some contests maybe in, okay. in middle age. So, so they got, you know, he, the sign, fam, he sired a Miss America. That's oh, nothing Miss to sneeze America. at. Isn't that something? So you you sent this article oh, about so the s- red seaweed to Libby. This the same. I sent it to Libby, and she has been a climate change ap- apocalypto for twenty five years. I mean, twenty five years ago, she was standing on stage at her folk concerts, which were 
which were widely attended. She played very big folk shows for the folk music community. Mm-hmm. And she would stand up there, and she has a great sense of humor. But she would get serious every show and start talking about climate change. Before, we, before that was even a phrase, right? right. When people were still just, talking about- We just say global warming. Global yeah. warming, right. And she would say, no, it's about climate change. And let me tell you, and, you know, and everybody in the room would, they all, would all kind of rattle their fleece and it would be like, <laughs> you know. It, or like re, re, uh, refill their Pilsner. <laughs> yeah, it would just, you know, it would just be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's talk I, more rock. I sent this to her just to see what would happen. And I got what I kind of expected back, which was uh, a happy holidays reply in which she also specified happy solstice. Oh, that's nice. But it's inclusive. Yeah. But no reply, no reference to the cow seaweed article. And my sense was that as a longtime climate change warrior, uh-huh. she was not interested in stories about how we were going to change climate change by feeding seaweed to cows. Hmm. Like she was very, very invested in what the, what the, she is, I think, like most climate change warriors, like most warriors, uh-huh. very invested in how we're going to solve the problem, right? What we need to do to solve climate change are the following things. And like you say, uh, end our dependency on oil, uh, switch to vegetarianism, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, but, but, but the big, the big like load bearing walls of like actually making a difference in an amount of time that would make a difference. Right. Super duper change the world stuff. And also a certain sort of apocalypse porn about it. Yeah. The feeling like it's too late. So there are no solutions. You know, the, the combination of like, we know what the solutions are, but it's also too yeah. late. Yeah. The, the, the elephant in the room, not to interrupt you, but like the elephant in the room for me is COVID. And like mm-hmm. it's it, we're, it's this whole like yeah well uh yeah well like every single time we've had a chance to do something about this we didn't and we fucked up and like yeah you know what we're not allowed to feel optimistic <laughs> we have not earned optimism mm. and so like oh don't worry omicron's three percent of the infections and it's less severe even though everybody says that means it makes a you know a lot of people sickens a lot more people which spreads it faster but I, and i'm like you know just keep your optimism to yourself until we've earned it mm. is it is that is it somewhat like that of like yeah 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 here's another one of those like yeah now all we need is to like build a laser beam you know that can cut the sun in half or something and like yeah 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 i've heard all the solutions for 30 years and the only real solutions are human solutions and nobody wants to talk about that is yeah, it that kind of thing I don't see. I don't know. First of all, I don't even know if the cows eating seaweed article is real or whether it was written by the same bot that's writing about Eric Clapton's, uh, you know, sure. racist rants. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the solution to climate change is something weird, like oh, it turns out that you know that we uh, that there's an owl that loves eating carbon dioxide. 
And all we have to do is breed one million of these owls and our carbon dioxide problem because it, they breathe carbon dioxide. <laughs> <You're> so cute. <laughs> and what they do, what they do, they're Merlin, so wise. <laughs> yeah, they breathe. They they eat carbon dioxide uh-huh, and uh-huh. they fart lithium. So then, oh, so our mental just, health will improve. Well, and you go to their nests, you collect the lithium, and that's mm-hmm. how you build more Tesla batteries. Oh, I see. see. It's yes. the lithium owls. Maybe those are the solutions. But the answer also, to the question: Who? Me. <laughs> a one. A two. One. Two. <laughs> Come on. Wow, we're killing it. Three. But 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 Mr. also. <laughs> <laughs> also, the tendency... I've seen that commercial so many fucking times. I know, so me too. The tendency of people that are really invested in what the problem is, uh-huh. is to also feel like they know what the solutions are, and they're not open to... I mean, you see this all the time with people hmm. that are convinced that society is is collapsing, and you say, well, yeah, but, you know, the other... It really could be as simple as... George Clooney runs for the presidency. I mean, nothing is off the table now. Mm-hmm. And maybe George Clooney runs for the U.S. president, and every and he brings the whole country together. He brings Everybody's the fucking like, owls. We all love George Clooney. Everybody, Are you kidding I mean, me? He's, he's, he's very lovable. He's a beautiful man. I love that guy. And with the smile, and he's got the very me? accomplished oh, He's got a sense spouse. of humor. Yeah. So maybe it's that. You know, maybe hmm. Alec Baldwin is too divisive of a figure, but George Clooney could run for president. Yes. And, and you know, so, uh, did you see Matthew McConaughey was considering running for governor of Texas? Um, I think he was way more than considering. And then I think the abruptness was not his entering, but was his leaving. He just sort of bounced. Oh, I love but, that you know more about this than me. Tell sorry. me more about Matthew the, You know, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I learned. I the learned thing about, about Matthew McConaughey being the president of Texas is maybe that changes the whole world. Maybe that's the lithium farting owl of American uh-huh. politics. You know what? He's not beholden to party. Yep. He's the kind of guy that could sit down with Ted Cruz and make Ted Cruz. Sure. I mean, Ted Cruz does a pretty good job of making himself, given that he is Harvard educated mm. or sorry, some, some Ivy League. But he, mm. he's very well educated and he, he knows better. Yeah, and as we say in the South, butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. Mm. He's uh, he's full of shit, and he knows it. Mm-hmm, but that's mm-hmm. but like Matthew McConaughey, you know, tete a tete, mano a mano, as they say. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. go head to head with Matthew McConaughey, he's gonna make you, he's gonna make you look real stupid. I bet. Well, Matthew McConaughey doesn't gonna, play by the rules. Oh, he's gonna feed you some avocado toast. He's gonna say, "All right, all right, all, all right, right, all right, right." Yes, and then yes. all of a sudden, uh, you everything's know, the, not all right, all right. <laughs> no, the, but then the, he heals the divisions in America. Could yes. be as simple. Could be just as simple as that. You know, you don't know, but, but nobody but like wants an owl flapping that. its wings. You know, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Nobody yeah. wants. No, how many people out there right now? How many scientists are listening mm-hmm. to this program okay. and thinking, "Hey, wait a minute. Have I ever tried to? Have I ever tried to feed carbon dioxide to, to owls? Do we right. even know? Do we huh. even know?" Line well, I mean, it's dark. It's, it's, it's a little bit like your mom. Really into bird matter here. Isn't it a little bit like your you guys in the crows and and nobody knowing where crows sleep. Nobody like, knows. Maybe there's things we don't know about now. owls. Even now, maybe crows. If we find where the crows sleep, maybe it's maybe it, it's a like a lithium mine, and we won't Holy have to shit. go to the Atacama Desert. Maybe that's right? why they keep stealing all our all our aluminum foil. So, so I believe huh. that first of all that the children are our future, but I also yeah. believe mm-hmm. that uh, that as you go, as you live, as you read the news, and as it feels like you're just you're just playing a frogger game where every log is a new apocalypse <laughs> where you're just hopping from apocalypse to apocalypse <laughs> and then and there are gators out there which are other kinds of apocalypse yeah that there's always 
at least in my lifetime, there's always been something that comes along that staves it off. And what we do, what our tendency is, is to just, it, we all have um, a borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. because the apocalypse was going to be that the, that the atmosphere burned off and then we stopped using hairspray and the atmosphere didn't burn off, but we didn't, Oh, I see. we didn't high five each other about it. We just pivoted to whatever the next, it's just like having a, a borderline personality disorder girlfriend where you're like, look, honey, I solved the problem that you were really upset about. And she's like, the new problem is this. Yeah, you're maybe, like, you sh- no. maybe you should have a fear of being abandoned. Yikes. <laughs> it me. Um, yeah. Okay. I do want to talk about the Prince concert. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, tell, I, tell me your feelings about but the like, Prince Okay. So, so, so real quick though, in passing the, um, yeah, we can make this fun. It's Christmas. But, um, I get this with the, the COVID coverage yeah. where, I mean, it's, I think even somebody who's like pretty well informed is probably a little bit confused about what's going on right now. Mm. And that, that, I think that extends to a lot of people. Like, how can I put this? You know, you, when you ask people to do things or you ask people a question, it's useful to understand what their role is. So like, you know, it's one thing to ask the concierge for a good place to eat. It's another thing, you know, somebody outside who's picking through the trash, asking them a good place to eat. Like you, when you ask people different kinds of questions, it helps to know like what they're situated to do. And I think that's not, this is a little bit technical, but my wife's wife works at a med school. So like, for example, with the, if you ask an epidemiologist, a virologist, um, just a general sort of public health policy person. You ask different people the same question, you're likely to get different answers because of their expertise, because of their interests. And I don't want to say because of their bias, but I, I think the problem is all those people might be a kind of medical professional or medically adjacent professional, but they're going to tell you different things. Right? I mean, it's like if you ask for advice, you could ask the same piece of advice to a, a mechanic, a plumber, the guy who works at the hardware store, John Roderick, Merlin, man, and you're going to get different answers because of our, our background and our, you know what I mean? It's yes. like, there's a reason it's confusing, but when you try and distill that, I mean, here's what it comes down to, at least on like the, what site's not a clickbait website at this point? It really is, it is really about keeping you off balance, keeping you scared. And then like notice, for example, like I, I feel like I first started noticing this in things like BuzzFeed, which is different from BuzzFeed News. It must be noted. They're, BuzzFeed News is very good. BuzzFeed is not. I did read a great article on BuzzFeed News. They have News. a great staff. They have I really, was very really confused people. about that because oh, I hate it's, BuzzFeed. It's, but- yes. Totally, but but like okay. the kind you can of thing. That to me later. Have you noticed how often a headline now says things like, "I mean, there's the classic BuzzFeed or what was the site that's even worse than BuzzFeed? The sort of like here's the one here's the one weird trick you should be doing in the shower, right? Right? There's those right. kinds of things, but that kind of nonsense has passed well into certain departments in journalism. And again, I just want to clarify, this is covered in my wisdom document. The people who write the articles rarely get to pick the headline for the article. So if the headline sucks, don't blame the writer at most big, you know, journalistic institutions. But they A-B test those, John. Like, for example, like you you said, oh, it seems like they really know. Well, most, a lot of websites, I think Huffington Post might have pioneered this, um, is the like, we, we keep, we put up this article and we run a he- well, this headline for 50% of the viewers, readers, readers, the, uh, this other headline for the other 50%. <laughs> and within like an hour, 
because of like some law of large number stuff, they know within a very short period of time what to make the actual real permanent headline because they saw which one is successful. I'm, I'm talking right. down to you, but the a basic A-B testing is what we yeah. call it in, yeah, yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. Like, the web world. Um, but, which is why every single article in my feed has a headline that says, Janet Jackson nipple slip. Yes, that's exactly why. And then I'm like, that's what? exactly right. Again? But but you but like that that technique or things like you know the surprising tips and you know I yeah. learned this a long time ago before it was like popular and abused like if you have a list and it starts with a prime number people are more likely to click it don't say ten don't say five you say the n- nine things you need to know if you're going to WWDC this year or whatever Is that really a thing oh it's totally a thing people are much more likely to click it if it's a prime number in my in my experience and I is have nine things. a prime number now yeah it's prime wow mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, here's an article. It's the one surprising trick those mathematicians don't want you to know. <laughs> I should say, I'm sorry, I should have said an odd no, number. No, it's but, true. But prime is even better. It, it is 11. You see 11 things on BuzzFeed all the time. 11 Janet right? Jackson. It's like telling somebody the, the speed Janet limit Jackson is, slips. tell somebody the speed limit's 17 miles per hour. They're more likely to notice it, turns out. But but I guess that kind of technique, though, which we have fun with and we laugh and we go, oh, that's very silly, has really passed into, I can, I, I'm betting you, this is going to be so disappointing, I bet I could go to the SF Chronicle right now and find stories that say things like, um, something like, oh, uh, the, a surprising revelation at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. But they don't tell oh. you what it is because you no. got to click, right? Or something like, I'm trying to think of another similar example where you could say, oh, 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 um, um, like the one thing you need to know this week, but the, also the like, the like, the, the, the something, something headline colon what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Updates on the Omicron spread, what you need to know. Um, well, didn't that cow article have a thing that said far- farmer makes surprising discovery? Oh God, is uh, it? Uh, but th- uh, but that that uh, kind Tommy of Tommy Chong thing... says don't take CBD oil. Is that right? Huh. I, I, all I know is Dan says don't buy it at a gas station, but that's just he's in oh, Austin. But but like when you run into those kinds of things, you get that feeling of oh. This headline, and I don't know, this is just my, maybe it's my wish casting or my fantasies, but when you read a headline like that, you, you think like, okay, who is this for? Like, who, for whom will this be a hook? Mm. You know, big mm-hmm. idea for me in the world of ADHD is the hook being in. Be careful what you allow to, to the hook that gets into you. Because if, you're, if you have ADHD, you don't realize that something hooked you until it's too late and like two hours are gone. Um, And in this case, they do seem very pitched toward anxious, obviously people who visit websites about news and want to be updated about things. But those kinds of that, that is what partially leads me the evidence that leads me to say they want you off balance. They want you scared and they want you then clicking on the related articles and all that kind of stuff. And there's nothing against, I know it's a tough racket, but, but the, the problem in all of that is like, again, I come back to what I said at the top, which is like, do you want to be smart or do you want to be scared? And and thinking and, and dealing with your fear by becoming what you think is smarter is not – more information is not always what we need unless oh. you're prepared to change how you, how you think, how you see, and how you do as a result. And the part that's so frustrating about that is it does – it becomes a kind of apocalypse porn in some ways. So like right now, oh, yes, Omicron is 3% of the current caseload, but – but they'll play up the part that Fauci says this will be the a winter of discontent or whatever, playing up that kind of stuff. And it's like, no wonder everybody feels overwhelmed, including me, by all of this stuff. There's this surfeit of like half information and unfinished things and like, oh, you know, you're in the know because you click this and, and now you know. But 
that you get addicted to that. You get, you've got to just keep doing that flip, even though you know it's not good for you. Like, what are you willing to change today? Let me ask this to, to, to the listener. What will you change today based on what you learned today? Because if you've been learning things for the last two weeks and haven't changed anything, if you've been learning things for the last 10 years and haven't changed anything, what's finally going to get through to you about what needs to change? Is it possible you don't actually want to change? And that mostly, yeah, you're going to get the Tesla because you still get to drive around or whatever, even though, or like you want to buy the new energy efficient house. Anybody will tell you it's much cheaper to live in a shitty old house than to, than to use the resources needed to create a new house. It's better to keep an old car rather than like buy a new car, all that kind of stuff. But that's not really the problem you want to solve. And so that's not the information that's going to lead to a change. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy, man. Because people people get so serious about all of this, and how dare you make a joke today on this momentous thing happening where these two people on YouTube are getting divorced or whatever, or like there's just all this stuff where people are in this constantly serious, keening state because they have no idea that Twitter in particular is not real. Mm. They they have made it real because they continue to be around people who agree that it's real. And that kind of makes it real, but it's, it's, it's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. If you quit looking at it, it, it doesn't thrive. I, I think, in short, I think about this all the time. <clears throat> it's baked in to the idea that we have as, and I think primarily as liberals, that we've had for the last 150 years, which is that education is what's going to change the world. If people oh, are educated, yeah. oh, what about raising awareness, John? Is that important well, that, too? That that's a later thing. But like, <laughs> just the whole idea of like, we're going to start edu- We're going to start giving kids sixth grade educations, and that's going to create a nation of informed workers. Citizens. Right? Yeah. We're going to start. Uh, we're high school is now mandatory, and that's going to make citizens. We're going to have every. It's going to be a nation of philosopher kings, and and particularly. You know, in intellectual circles and liberal circles, the idea of changing the world by educating people, it became such a truism for us right, throughout right. the 20th century. If there's a and problem— all, like the immigrants who come here knowing, like, you can have a future in America. You're not stuck in your class or caste forever because in America, anybody could become president or president of Exxon. Like, there's a, there is—the education is really baked in as, like, it's a, an undisputed good. That's right. It's it's and that the thing is education is always the path. We don't say come to America and um, cut trail and, and yeah or get six <laughs> jobs and you know oh, and, right. and yeah. work your way into owning a gas station. We say come to America and get educated and that's your path. And we say it to ourselves. And we've said it to ourselves all the way up to the dawn of the internet. And you remember what we said when the when the World Wide Web was, uh, oh, you know, yeah. was dawning. We were like democratizing information. And information education. Everyone's a philosopher king. Mm-hmm. So it's it's baked into our view of the world that there's no downside to education, but in fact we hit a wall somewhere where the benefit or the benefits of greater access to education and more education did not turns out start produce did not continue you know like whatever the the curve was whatever the graph of benefit of education it started to flatten out and one might argue that we're on the downside now that the curve that the the more quote unquote education is not producing 
thoughtful, considerate, helpful, useful people. More and more education is turning people into monsters. And, and but like I think what you're, or I feel like one thing you're getting at, if I'm interpolating, is that like it's also that like this is not a thing we're gonna, this is not a thing to be debated or interrogated, or unpacked in terms of practicality, or in terms of um, feasibility, or in terms of justice. Like th- we just okay, th- hey, listen, you know, uh, God said it, I believe it. That settles it. If so- <laughs> education is good, what what is your problem? Well, yeah, but like. But there's, I mean, like, let me give you like five bo- boxes of asterisks about that. Right. And I feel like a hundred years from now, I don't personally think that we will, con- we will still be saying education fixes everything. And there are certain situations, there are, there are places in America where we wish education was better, mm-hmm. but there are, there is ample evidence that better education hits a wall. And that it that uh, that more and more better education does not produce great results, or it doesn't produce it doesn't produce the results that you expect. And what we do is keep, we're we're doubling down on a thing. But in the future, it may be that we think of uh, all of these issues that right now we we think of as education issues, and we start thinking of them differently. At, mm-hmm. That it that there isn't this blanket. 20th century approach to yeah, like making the world a better place. About what, how? Right, right. Yeah. And right now, every person in America has access to a little device with, that has all of collected human knowledge on it. And they scroll through 11, 11 Demi Moore uh, nip slips. <laughs> and no, uh-huh. no amount of Before education. Before they jump over to Demi Moore, Janet Jackson fan fiction. Yeah. And no amount of education is useful in that situation because you and I are both very educated and we're <laughs> just sitting and looking at kind of the 11 different fucking owls that, that fart lithium. And what, <laughs> you know, we have. Thank enough, you, Mr. Hooter. <laughs> we have enough education to read the article, is what we have. Uh-huh. But do we have an, but how much education do you need to make sense of it? And if you could make sense of it, what good is that? Yeah. You, you know, like I'm just, I'm, I'm downstairs sorting rock posters and it's like, wow. Yes. And you, you'll notice by the, our trail of dead, like I have <laughs> weirdly more posters of them than I would have expected. Every But you don't know until you put poster. it all in one place. You gotta, you gotta sort them, Merlin. Here's a few headlines right now from the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, and these don't all exactly follow the, the point I wanted to make, but I think they're telling. Is Omicron as contagious as the measles? Here's what we know. Here's what we know. You see that a lot? Yeah. Here's what you need to know. SF Politico says he was accosted by a woman with a knife. Mm-hmm. Okay, which Politico, what woman, what? Uh-huh. Scientists didn't see Omicron coming. Oh. No one knows what's next. <laughs> Could the Sierra get 100 inches of snow by Christmas? Here's the mountain <laughs> forecast. Are you familiar with Betteridge's Law of Headlines, I think it's called? No. If you see a question mark in the headline, the answer is no. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is my personal favorite. Just, just like this that. one's personal privilege. I thought I was a genius. I thought I was a genius selling my home during the pandemic. Now I live in a crap shack. I don't know what a crap shack is. I would click that. I would read that. I know you would. I know you would. And then you go and it's just about a bunch of kids in a bouncy castle. He lives in a crap shack. I thought he he was a genius. Now he lives in a crap shack. 
Am yeah. I going to end up in a crap shack? Here's what we know. Oh, man. Um, I should, probably shouldn't end the year by saying things that aren't that nice about Prince, but... Go on. I, you know, we've talked about this episode. Have we? Yeah, we had a whole uh, we had a whole episode, I think, on it. I bet my feelings were mostly quite positive. Yep. And I got a lot of feedback when we talked about it from fans. Oh, like where the guitar go? No, no, no. Fans who did not like my hot take. What that, was your hot take? Um, remind me. Well, in watching it, I felt like Tom Petty was very visibly not into what Prince was doing. I totally and, agree. And and George Harrison's son. And people were very mad at me when well, I talked. people know what we're talking about, Sean. Famous video, a George Harrison yeah. tribute. People that listen to this show. Son? Yes. Um, yeah. They have heard it because we had we talked about it. We talked about it at length. It was a famous point. performance of like Tom Petty and a really a great lineup of musicians. Jeff was, was Jeff Lynn there? Yeah. Yep. Tom Ringo. Petty, Jeff Lynn. Um, why can't I never remember George's son, that incredibly handsome Donnie. son of his? Huh? Donnie. D-H-A-N-I. Donnie. Oh, is that right? Person, yeah. Oh, I thought you were making an Osmond joke. Um, and then, of course, uh, the great uh, uh, Minneapolis uh, Prince. And, and the thing is, that video gets passed around. I was, I was talking to a, I was going deep with a friend uh, last week or a week before on Tom Petty and just how much I love Tom Petty and that I feel like the dictionary, if the dictionary people had any dignity, they would have uh, a picture of the heartbreakers next to the word, like, restrained. Like, oh, they're so, the heartbreakers were so tasteful. And restrained. But anyway, and so, of course, anytime you do anything with any of those people, you always end up back on that video. And each time I watch it, my, my feeling hardens a little bit about Prince's antics. He, it's a great guitar solo. It's a great guitar solo. But for me, it's all in Tom Petty's face that he it's, is it's all there. super bummed. And but he's being a pro. He's being a pro. And but he keeps, there's a he's moment, strumming along while Prince plays as long as he feels like it. There's a moment where Prince looks at him, he and they catch each other other's eye, and it's on it's on camera. You see, it's a reverse shot. Prince looks at Tom. Tom looks at him and gives him the most forced smile. Like like and, Prince is like pretty great, right? And Prince gets this. He he sees the expression, and it just powers him more. That he that Tom Petty is like. You're shitting all over our show. Now, Prince made it. He made it. You know, that's the reason we're all still watching that. Yeah. But, and and so when I first said that, I got so much pushback from people. People tweeting me and all just to be clear, I, I love Prince. And, oh, yeah. and for me any too. of you out there who think you love Prince, I can almost promise you that I loved Prince a long time before you did. Wow. When I came home with a copy of 1999, and mm -hmm. the one was a penis... Mm -hmm. I was in I was in tenth grade and it made my mother very upset. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, think about think about. Uh, Let's you know, pretend we're married, darling well, Nikki. A couple years car. later, darling Nikki. I mean, that was some scandalous shit at the time. Uh, Tipper Gore didn't like it. I think it's very well established that it, no matter how much you like Prince, Merlin liked them before you did. Yeah, me and Anil Dash. I'm always wearing purple. But if, but like seriously, but I mean, I'm, I'm what that guy did curious. when he was like 19 is crazy. Yeah. Dirty I'm Mind super... is insane. I love I love Prince. Just saying. I know. And and what we're talking about here does not, it is not about not loving Prince. No. But what I'm curious about. It's about bad behavior. Is when I introduced that idea, almost no one agreed with me. <gasps> you and were now, ahead of your time, John. And now 
the scale seems to be tipping. And I think it's an example of the influence that Roderick on the line has invisibly on our culture. Oh, where, are you saying like we're Adam Smith's, uh, what's it called? The hidden hand or the, I think so. Is that an NPR I mean, show? It turns out, no, what's we, it called the, the, the hidden hand. Am I the, the hidden, hidden hand? hand? We're the hidden hmm. hand. Hmm. We're the All hidden right. hand. We're the, hmm. we're the cow chow. The, the, I gotta we, learn about this we started show. talking about uh, how uh, how all, uh, all the great shows, and now it, it, it's it might as well be it's going to be uh, George Clooney's uh, slogan for his presidential run: "All the great shows." Right? Oh he's my not goodness! Even gonna know where he got it? It's not. He's not going to know where it came from. I see. I get. I get what you're saying. You and, know what? They'll uh, go. Well, go. I'm just saying. Now it seems I'm reading articles all about how yes how uh, Tom Petty was not into it. Where when we talked about this the first time five years ago, everybody was like, "No, no, no!" Tom I heard Petty he and George Harrison were really good friends. As well. Oh, they were really good friends, and he was so into what Prince was doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh my god, look! It's a guitar solo." This is the freaking hidden hand of Roderick on the line. It's the hidden hand. It's the freaking. Huh. Hand. Um, I'm going to sign off my year by doing something I rarely do. Usually, you'll find you'll you'll find a link in, in show notes to to John's Patreon, which I would love if y'all would uh, Patreonize. I'm reading my um, I'm reading my travel journals from the 1980s now. Oh shit, dog! Really? I'm doing little 15 minute uh, mini podcasts where I just open. A, a, oh, like a is that the one that just showed up? I just saw yeah. something pop up in the feed. I didn't and I recognize. just and I just read for 20 minutes in the in my voice as a as a 20 year old. Oh, I love that. But I'm kind of commenting on myself as I go. That, yeah, there it is. I'm gonna sign off. I'm gonna sign off my year by. There's gonna be a second link. It's always two links with me. And it's going to be a link to what it looks like when, uh, when, uh, when people, with, with gentlemen with tastes, play together. It's one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite like, YouTube performance videos. No, it's, it's not a quick one, although I could put that up too. Quick one. The greatest, rock and roll, away. Yeah. The, the greatest rock and roll performance of all time. Yeah, it's a wonderful. I'm going to put a link to uh, Earl Scruggs, Steve Martin, and Friends on David Letterman doing Foggy Mountain Breakdown. And just so you know, the friends include, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, Vince Gill, Marty Stewart, huh. Albert fucking Lee, Jerry Douglas, the Dobro master. I had a Jerry, uh, Jerry Douglas uh, Dobro album in college. I liked it so damn much. Of course, Paul Schaefer kind of, kind of fruits it up with too much piano. But mm-hmm. Albert Lee, you ever, you ever watch, did you ever see Born Fighters, the Rock Pile documentary? No. Oh, and shit, dog. I'll, I'll, I, I got a copy. I'll, I'll pass I love that you, Rock but. Pile. Oh Jesus Christ! Well, you know what it is, dude. It's it's basically so you know what happened. We're basically you know so so I'm sorry. I'll, I'll address our listeners because this is valuable. Uh, Rockpile, you know Rockpile, but you don't know Rockpile. You may know Nick Lowe, the guy who did Cruel Be Kind. You might know Dave Edmonds. Um, you might know Billy Bremer, who was later. Well, anyway, long story short, um, they were a fantastic band. They had one proper album per se, which is Seconds of Pleasure, which is a pretty good live album. Here's what you maybe didn't know, is Rockpile, oh, those four people. What you didn't know. What you didn't know, did you knew, that they were also, the four of them played with a backing band for at least a couple Dave Edmonds records. Oh, I and thought you were going to say Huey Lewis in the news. I was going to be Huey, like, what a no, twist. Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis <laughs> is in the video. He's in it, though. Because Clover, because Clover sure, was Elvis Costello's, Elvis Costello's band. band. No, a very young Huey Lewis is in this fucking movie. Uh, just hanging out. But, but, but you know, uh, g- g- cruel is the rule, but sometimes bad is bad. You know? But anyhow, which is, I think, is a Dave Edmonds song. But anyhow, so like, if you ever heard Cruel to be Kind, guess who the band on that is? 
rock pile. If you've ever heard, mm. uh, I knew the bride when she used to rock and roll. If you've ever heard like anything from D Seven, like or you know, just these fuck those Nick Lowe and Dave Evans have these fucking amazing albums that not enough people know about, and yeah. the backing band on both. John recorded at the same time because they couldn't put out a rock pile record. And these guys were on the hook for solo records. Rock pile was recording, uh, labor of lust. And I want to say, if not D seven, uh, the other one, Dave, they were recording them at the same time. Oh, I love that. So and fucking Albert Lee, just, just watching Albert Lee dick around on guitar backstage Get this, Dave Edmonds' eyes are, like, glassed out. <laughs> Albert Lee does things with pull-offs on a guitar that should be illegal. And then his son, I think, is the guy from The Strokes. D- Dave, oh, is that right? I think so. D- I could Dave, uh, Dave Edmonds was the first guy oh, I ever sorry. saw play a Dan Electro uh, Longhorn guitar. L- lipstick pickups? And I, I'd never seen a thing like it at the time. Yeah. And I that's was a like, "Sexy! That's those are sexy guitars." That's a crazy. That's a crazy music video. I was so into him then, and then and now it's like he never existed. But like you know, Steve Martin. Okay, here's the thing. Here's who Steve Martin is. Steve Martin is fucking Steve Martin. True. And but he's out there with Earl Scruggs, and yeah. Vince Gill, and Marty Stewart, and Albert Lee. And Jerry Douglas, and they do Foggy Mountain Breakdown, which is like, you know, one of the sort of well-known canonical bluegrass songs. And just watching these gentlemen play together is such a delight. And, you know, if Prince were alive, he'd learn something from it. Can Steve Martin hang? He can, can't he? Oh, he can absolutely hang. Also, He hangs, right? I think he is, I think he's well-regarded by other banjo players. Did you ever read his book? I did. It's really good, and the audio really book that he reads is extremely good. I just uh, want to end the year on the happy note. Uh, you know, there's something about you, you know, uh, got a dirty mind. Big fan. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to send you, and if I can find a link to, it used to be on YouTube, and that's where I got it from. I downloaded it with my stealing software off of YouTube, but if I can find Born Fighters, uh, I will post that on my, uh, oh, sorry, social media, but I'll send it to you personally. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I do have a copy that I can send you if you want an actual copy, but... Man, they smoke a lot, and they're so good. They're so fucking good. Happy end of year solstice and uh, merry times to you, Merry times to your. We, 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 it sounds like a, like a lame thing to say in public, but mm. uh, our family loves your family, and yes. I love you very yes. much. And it's uh, it's a joy and an honor to get to do this with you because uh, you know we're not going to be around forever. And uh, it's every time I do this, it makes me happy. I love you too, Merlin, and Thank I'm going to start eating. Um, cow seaweed immediately and maybe it will cut my greenhouse gases and maybe we will live forever. (laughs) Okay. 